Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School with Michael Benner. Hello, I'm your host, Michael Benner, and this is the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. Thanks for joining us today for this third part of a three-part series on your emotional center. What's that mean? Well, in the first part, we discussed the position of emotional feelings between thought and behavior. And that order is very important. We may go back and forth between thoughts and feelings, feelings and thoughts, each stimulating, generating, or promoting the other. But when it's time to take action, if we behave purely out of feeling, without any thought to temper it, we often behave in regrettable ways. And on the other hand, if we behave purely out of a thought, an idea that may be a great idea, but we just don't care about, we don't have very much emotional passion, that idea is just going to sit there. A lot of great ideas die because nobody really cares or they don't believe that they're able to accomplish their objective or goal. So the importance of having a thought, a great idea that you believe in and care about, which then leads to an action, is the proper and really imperative order, thought, feeling, and the resulting behavior. I often think of that great line by Napoleon Hill, where he says, if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. That's the order. And that's pretty much the primary focus of part one of this little three-part series. In the second part, we talked about some of the distinctions between thoughts and feelings. And I found this program to be really important because who talks about such things? If you have not yet heard that program, and I ask you, what's the first and most obvious difference between the way you think and the way you feel? Most people would find that challenging and have a hard time explaining the difference between a thought and a feeling. So we cover that in some detail in the second part. Now today, in the third of these three programs on your emotional center. We're going to talk about the language of feelings. How do we discern the meaning and the significance of an emotional feeling? And I really need to explain here at the top that we're talking for the most part about a so-called negative feeling. Positive feelings like happiness and joy and peace of mind and contentment and a sense of belonging or kinship. These feelings don't really need understanding. The primary message is keep doing whatever it is you're doing. That's the feedback of a positive feeling, a warm and fuzzy, right? So-called negative feelings, and I say so-called because even though they hurt and can cause significant suffering and torment, a so-called negative feeling can be very, very helpful. So even though we may be irritated or frustrated or even humiliated by a hurtful feeling, to call it negative is really to misportray the value of our heartache. 
It needs to be understood and compared to physical pain. Nobody wants physical pain. It is not an enjoyable experience. But we'd be in much worse shape if we could not perceive physical pain. It's so valuable that when you go to a medical doctor, for example, a physician, or for that matter, one of the allied healing arts, a chiropractor, for example, or even a nutritionist, if you have pain or some sort of discomfort or irritation, the doctor is going to want to know about it because he or she is going to use it as a clue to help diagnose the problem and discern an appropriate treatment. Well, our so-called negative feelings, the heartache, the hurt, the frustration that we all know serves the same purpose. We don't want to feel this emotional torment, but the fact that we do offers us symptoms, clues that we can follow, often with the help of a professional a therapist or a counselor, some sort of guide, uh, could be a meditation teacher or a psychologist, someone skilled in emotional intelligence, insight and understanding, can help us discern the meaning. And we're going to talk about that today. How do you do that? What is the language of feelings? Because I tell you right now, here at the top, thinking about feelings does not work. In fact, it's even counterproductive. The more you think about a feeling, the less you're able to feel the feeling. There's a kind of numbness that goes with being logical and trying to use reasoning to interpret the meaning of an emotional heartache or frustration or upset. And while some might argue, well, that's a good thing. If I don't feel the hurt, that's better than having to use drugs or alcohol to, <laughs> to repress the heartache, uh, the, the anger, the, the upset. But there's a certain pain that goes with being emotionally numb. Now, I know that's odd. It's a bit ironic that not feeling your emotions causes hurt. But it does. It's just a different kind of hurt a despair or, or desolation, desperation, I'm using all D words here, a loneliness, an alienation, a sense of hopelessness that goes with the frustration of being unable to figure out why you feel the way you do and why it's so upsetting and hurtful to you. And the more you attempt to figure that out logically, the less results you're going to have. If, on the other hand, you develop your intuition, we now have a form of intelligence that will help us discern the meaning of our emotional feelings. You see, emotions do not arise. Positive or so-called negative feelings are not the result of any deliberate reasoning process they're unreasonable. All emotions that hurt, frustrate, irritate, humiliate us are rooted in fear, which is a reflection of what we do not understand. So our heartache and upset arrives as a result of our confusion and our unawareness 
our ignorance, really, about circumstances, but more importantly, about ourselves. So these hurtful feelings are not reasonable. We can't use logic. We can't figure them out. You know that. You've tried. I've tried. We've all wasted countless hours trying to discern the significance, the meaning of our sadness and despair, our jealousy and envy, our anger and hatred and frustration, and up just spinning our wheels and continue to carry this emotional hurt, which often builds and it sort of backs up and can torment us throughout our lives. But if all of this is born of what we do not understand about the world around us, and more importantly, about ourselves as unique individuals, then the antidote is understanding. Understanding the world, but again, primarily understanding yourself. And that's the order. You can't have empathy or understanding of the world around you beyond what you understand about yourself. And an unwillingness to know thyself is responsible for so many of the difficulties we have with our relationships, whether it's family, romance, a career, a relationship with money and stuff, with just trying to make sense out of your life and set some goals and feel a a degree of accomplishment and satisfaction. All of that requires not just clear thinking and good logical, analytical reasoning, but intuition. And that's what this show is going to be about today. What is intuition? Is it the same as instinct? Is it the gut feeling? Can we develop it rather than just wait for a good idea or insight to pop into our heads? The answer to that is obviously yes. (laughs) That's what we're going to do in the next 20 minutes or so. And maybe we'll even talk about the relationship between intuition and your conscience. I'm not saying the word conscious or consciousness, but conscience. Most of us in the West, in America, in Europe, may end up thinking about Jiminy Cricket in the Pinocchio story. Not just right or wrong, but the whole idea of thoughts, feelings, awareness, insight, understanding arriving full-blown, just popping into your mind, into your consciousness, into your awareness, already thought out, as if realized, an epiphany, a revelation. Uh, Where did that come from? You know, the light bulb that illumines the inside of your head and arrives with a sense of confirmation. Not only do you get this profound insight and this deep understanding, but often you're just impressed emotionally from head to toe with how obvious it is that this is what you were looking for. Boing, 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 boy, that's, that's the answer. This is, this is your conscience, and it's closely related to intuition. Sorry, not taught in schools. You know, I don't know anybody that ever had a class in how to develop their intuition, how to trust your intuition, 
how to compare and contrast the intelligence of intuition to logical analytical reasoning. But that's what we're going to do today, at least in a cursory sense, introduce you to this whole idea. I'd like to begin with the idea that the gut feeling is a little more complicated than just conflating instinct and intuition. I think it's really going to be helpful to you to imagine like a bar magnet, your gut feeling extending from your heart all the way down to your groin. And that lower end, that south pole of the bar magnet in your gut, so-called, is instinct. It's rather dark. It's fear-based. It's shared with animals. Instinct is the herd mentality. It's, in humans, the mob mentality. It's a mindless, senseless, avoid this, be very afraid, run away, run away. It's instinct. It's negative, it's dark, it's helpful in a situation where you're facing real danger. It just says, here's the danger, run in the opposite direction. Or stand and fight, you know, fight or flight. Actually, the full range is fight, flight, freeze, or faint. But generally, it's just called fight or flight. So stand and fight. The body will automatically prepare for that. It'll generate adrenaline and cortisol. Your pulse goes up. Your respiration rate goes up. Muscles tighten on capillaries, arteries, and veins, which raises your blood pressure forcing the oxygenated blood into the larger muscle groups that you need to survive the fight or to run like the wind, you see. So that's all a product, rather automatic product, of instinct, the south pole of that bar magnet between the heart and the groin. On the north end, however, in the heart or aspiring to the heart, the top of that imaginary bar magnet, that's intuition. And just as instinct on the South Pole is dark and negative and fear-based, run away, intuition in the heart is love-based, and it is enlightenment. It illumines. It is a burst of awareness, of insight and understanding, and it shows you what to move toward, Instinct, run away. Intuition, embrace. All right. Both are gut instincts, and sometimes you end up somewhere in the middle. There is a magnetic field around a bar magnet, right? It's not just North Pole and South Pole, but those polarities are the extremes of a whole magnetic field. And every position around the bar magnet is influenced by both polarities, positive and negative, light and dark, masculine and feminine, yin and yang, however you discuss those polarities. So in this case, the polarities are intuition and instinct. 
Well, as valuable as instinct may be in a situation where you're facing some real danger, it's intuition, the top of that bar magnet in the heart, that will help us interpret and discern the meaning of our emotional feelings. A hurtful feeling may be felt lower in the belly toward the groin. To understand it, we need to, in a sense, lift it up into the heart where there's more light and it becomes easier to recognize and therefore understand. I'm going to talk about how to do that. Intuition is really a combination of using deep relaxation to signal the body that in spite of appearances, you're actually quite safe. The vast majority of what we fear is what we do not understand. Actual physical danger is very, very rare. If you watch too much news on television, you might not realize that. You might think you're in great danger. You're going to be exploded by a terrorist any minute, but you're actually in much greater danger in your bathroom. A slip and fall accident in the bathtub or the shower is more likely to get you than any terrorist or murderer. The food that you eat is a greater threat than being devoured by sharks if you swim in the ocean in the tropics. You know, in my book, Fearless Intelligence, I talk about the fact that many people consider it very reasonable to be terrified of sharks when they go into the ocean. But shark attacks amount for maybe five or six deaths in the world, in the entire world every year, five or six people. On the other hand, mosquitoes kill hundreds of thousands of people every year. And who's afraid of a mosquito, (laughs) right? They carry horrible diseases. And again, about 200,000 people a year die from mosquito-borne illnesses in the world. But we're not afraid of mosquitoes. So you can see how fear is irrational, unreasonable. And again, further evidence that we cannot figure out the meaning of our heartache, our anger, our sadness, frustration, envy, Uh, Even apathy is a hurtful feeling, right? We have to use intuition. So the first step is creating a sense of deep relaxation, as in meditation or contemplation, progressive muscular relaxation, autogenics, yoga, martial arts training, just any kind of exercise is followed by a relaxed state. Meditation is probably the best collective word to use for this deep relaxation. And the body says, oh, look, this person's eyes are closed. Their muscles are all relaxed. They're sitting quietly. Their breathing is slowed. Gosh, we must be safe. Here's all the evidence that We're safe and therefore can relax even more and feel even more safe and relax even more, which promotes intuitive insight and understanding, you see. And the second part is trusting that intuition, using 
affirmations, positive thinking, and a degree of expectation to gently hold an expanded awareness in these deeply relaxed levels that allow the insight and understanding around what does this feeling mean? Why am I so angry? Why am I taking this out on people that I love? Why am I misdirecting my anger? Why am I jealous or envious? Why do I freak out in traffic? What is my road rage about? Why did I end up yelling at the waitress in the restaurant? She didn't cook that food. He didn't He didn't cook it. If the food was bad, calmly and cordially asked to have it replaced, send it back. So deep relaxation, affirmative thinking, goal-oriented thinking, and patience, followed by a willingness to trust your first impression. That's how we develop intuition. That's how we arrive at insight and understanding, which is the antidote to all of our hurt feelings since they're based on a failure to understand, not danger. Your fear and anxiety, your heartache and anger and upset and frustration rarely has anything to do with danger, in spite of what you may presume. It's just what you don't understand. All fear is fear of the unknown, so the antidote is to know and understand. Now, in my private work, the classes that I've done in the past and workshops and seminars that I've done, we've added some other tools and techniques. For example, I find that it really helps to crosswire, in a sense, an emotional feeling with a physical feeling. So one of the little tricks I'll mention here is... As you meditate and sit quietly with your eyes closed, begin by asking yourself silently and internally, where in my body do I feel this feeling? Is it in my upper rib cage in the heart area? Well, if it's a hurtful feeling, probably not. You're probably feeling it elsewhere. Feelings are generally felt between the heart and the groin, but they can involve muscular tension in the legs. You can experience uh, neck tension, for example, or sweaty palms, or a sensation in your feet. There are maps that you can Google some pretty interesting stuff about where people report emotions being felt in their bodies. And colors are associated with that. So you can do that on your own. And again, the feeling you're making all of this up is the right feeling. Just don't logically try to figure it out, but instead relax and wait for the intuition to occur to you. Where in my body am I feeling this sadness, this uh, anger, this trepidation, this worry and doubt? this jealousy or envy, this apathy or hopelessness? Where in my body do I feel that? And then perhaps if this feeling had a color, what color would it be? And again, you don't go through the rainbow, you know, or the crayon box and say, is it red, yellow, blue, green, orange, magenta? 
You just sit there and wait for your intuition to reveal to you a color. And you don't judge it. You don't say, well, that's not a good color. Gee, I never really liked that color. It's what your intuition has suggested, so trust it. Where in my body do I feel it? And if it had a color, what color would it be? And then, without needing to move at all physically, just imagine yourself reaching out to touch this color for texture or temperature. How does it feel to the touch? What does it feel like? What does it remind you of? When was the last time you felt this way? And what was that about? And again, resist logic. Just every time you find yourself reasoning or thinking it through, or, well, if this is true, then that's true. And I remember a time that this was true, and that's probably not... As soon as you find yourself judging or analyzing labeling these feelings, let that go. Focus your attention gently and passively and wait for this enlightened awareness to pop into your head like a little epiphany or revelation. And then at this point, you can ask yourself, what is the significance of this feeling? What's it trying to tell me? And you may get a voice, and you may get a picture, and you may just get a sensation in your body. It depends on whether you're an auditory or a visual person or more kinesthetic, sometimes a combination. I'm very auditory, so I tend to get a voice in my head that whispers these answers, that still, small voice that we've always heard about. But... Sometimes you get a little cartoon running in your brain that's, you know, quite significant in what it's revealing to you. And we're going for the feeling of, aha, wow, that's it, you see. And it may arrive slowly like the dawn, the dawning of an idea. It may pop on like throwing a light switch. And it may arrive like lightning and just blow the top of your skull off, figuratively, of course. So there could be a gradual awareness or a thunderous opening of insight and understanding. Doesn't much matter. You just want the information. You want the insight and understanding. So wait for it to come to you. Don't chase it down. Don't figure it out. Beckon it with questions. What's my personal growth lesson in understanding this feeling? How can I understand myself better? And wait for the intuition to reveal it. Now, this is a practice. And when I talk about non-logical, I don't mean illogical. I just mean non-logical. No analysis. A leads to B, leads to C. And if that's the case, then D must be true or it might be E. None of that. Just passively. I mean, 
If you sit on the beach and watch the sun go down, you don't analyze it. If you marvel at a newborn baby in a crib that's giggling and cooing and you're emotionally swept away by the feeling, you don't judge it, right? The love you have for that baby is not the result of anything that it's done. It's not earning your love through a performance or just to walk in the woods or through a meadow full of wildflowers on a beautiful sunny day, you're not judging or analyzing or labeling or discerning in a logical way the experience that you're having. And so it is with the language of the feelings that hurt us. Because again, our goal is to understand that which we do not understand. All heartache and upset, frustration, and irritation is a symptom of what we do not know, what we do not understand. And so the antidote is to know it and understand it, to experience it through our intuition. So that's it for this third part in our little three-part series. This podcast, of course, will continue. I think we're up to like 412 or 13 episodes. There's probably no need for me to suggest that you go back through the archives and scroll down through the list of programs, but there's a lot here that's available to you. Make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. If you do not receive the Ageless Wisdom email, simply go to my website, michaelbenner.com or theagelesswisdom.com and sign up for the free newsletter. Easiest way is just go to michaelbenner.com and click on the newsletter button there and you can sign up with just your primary email address and your first name. That's really all we need. If you'd prefer, you can visit the newsletter blog, which is theagelesswisdom.blogspot.com. All right. And all the newsletters are posted there going back years and years. theagelesswisdom.blogspot.com. And one of the great things about getting the newsletter is you'll not only know about upcoming podcasts, but news about my book. The new book that I'm writing, the second book that'll be out sometime next year, and uh, any events that may be happening, that most likely online events. I'm uh, looking at uh, starting a new Facebook group and a YouTube channel as well. I'm thinking about doing a master class with videos, not on YouTube, but something that can be subscribed to. But the vast majority of our information is absolutely free. And there is counseling, you know, the first intake session or introductory session, private, one-on-one, -on -one, over the telephone, with me, from anywhere in the world, is absolutely free. If you'd like to do some counseling or some training, get a little bit of help and guidance, the first one's free. Let me help you organize your thinking and get a sense of what it is you're looking for, what result or benefit you'd like. I'll tell you what I think I can do for you, 
and how we would go about that. And then you make a decision about whether you want to do it. And there's a couple of ways. There's one-on-one sessions, each single session standing alone about, well, anywhere from 80 to 90 minutes in length. Again, private by telephone or Skype or Zoom. And then I have a 13-week subscription that's deeply discounted. It's 13 weeks of 30-minute sessions and much more affordable than... It's still private and one-on-one, but by subscribing and paying for the 13 weeks in advance, you can get 13 half-hour sessions, six and a half hours of instruction and guidance, tools and techniques insight and understanding for pretty much the same thing it would cost to do three regular sessions. About a 60% discount. Again, for more information, email me, my initials, mb at theagelesswisdom.com or visit my website, michaelbenner.com or theagelesswisdom.com. That's the podcast site. That's it for today. Thanks a lot for joining us. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. From Palm Springs, California, this is Michael Benner. So long.